Please, please turn your Bibles to Luke 13, verse 22 through 30. And he went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. Then he, then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to who stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, I do not know you where you are from. Um, then and you will begin to say, Hey, we ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in the streets. But he will say, I tell you... I do not know who you, who, where you are from. Depart from me, he and me, all you workers of dignity. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out. They will come from the east and the west from the north and the south, and sit down in the kingdom of God. And indeed, there are last who will be first, and there are first who will be last. Appreciate Nolan reading the scripture. <clears throat> Appreciate the willingness to participate. <clears throat> For those of you who have stood up here at one time or another, <clears throat> know the feeling when you do it for the first or second or third or fifteenth time. Still a little bit uneasy about it. <clears throat> and so I <clears throat> always appreciate the willingness of the young men and their desire to be active in a service and to take a part in it. He did a good job. Appreciate that, Nolan. Really do. It's an interesting reading. There in Luke chapter 22, uh, chapter 13. You think about it. And realize what he's having to say as he's going to Jerusalem. One meets him and said, Lord, are there few who are saved? And that's the concept that the world lives in. 
is always wanting to question why only a, a few? That does not seem right. But in essence, Jesus turns the question around and asks, Are you of the saved? We want to look around and point someplace else, but the question comes down, are you? Are you the one who's going to do what's right? Everyone in this world is on a spiritual journey. Whether they're religious or not, there is a, a, travel, a spiritual path that we travel. And every day, as we're looking on Wednesday night, the domino effect, Every day, choices that we make affect the direction in which we are headed. And indeed, there are only the two options as we will look at. The world is always trying to expand upon that, modify it, change it. But there are indeed only two ways that one may go. It's always interesting to hear the religious world talk about their different beliefs. They all want to talk about they all headed towards heaven. They're all just simply taking different pathways. But in essence, they really do not want to acknowledge that. If we're all headed for the same place, we should be wearing the same name. And yet they will, not, they will say they're all, there are other religious bodies out there. But if you want to be in the right religious body, you need to carry their name as opposed to another religious affiliation's name. But Jesus reminds us in the Gospel of Matthew, in another familiar verses, 13 and 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are a few who find it. That thought again, the broad way and the narrow way, and the question again, decisions that you reach every day that you live, insignificant as they may appear at a, at a given time, are moving you in a direction. And the question always will have to be, in what direction are you headed? We're saying the song, The Way of the Cross Leads Home. And yet it's hard for us to fully grasp what it is that we sung. But simply again looking at Jesus... His going to the cross, and that had to be the way that he had to go. 
the giving of his life for the atonement of mankind before he could go home. That way of the cross leads home. There has to be that denial of self in our lives. Luke says it must be done on a daily basis. But that denying of self, our desires, our wishes, our thoughts, what we think ought to be or should be, could be, might be, that cross of self-denial has to be that we indeed desire to go home. Those two ways each have a beginning and each have an end. One is more heavily populated and the other is the one that's less traveled. But where are you in your spiritual journey? It's not so much where do you think you are? But where are you in that spiritual journey in light of what the Word of God teaches? Is there certainty in your being in the way of the cross that leads home? Or that broad way that leads to direction? Are you sure that you're heading in the right way? Again, remembering those the little decisions that seem, that seem insignificant, those little exceptions. It's been said that oftentimes the exceptions that you make reflect the God whom you serve. I know I should do this, but, but in this case it's different. And I'm going to do something else. I know I need to be more involved in serving God, but there are demands on my life in the physical world that does not permit that. What are our, our exceptions? And what place do we really think they have in our life? And decisions that we build upon that lead to another decision that we build upon that lead in a eternal destiny along the way. Wide is that gate that leads to destruction. It's easy to go that way. It does not require you to give up anything. And we live in a society and always have been since the Garden of Eden where we want to make our choices. as to what pleased us. A tree that's pleasant to look at. A fruit that is to be desired. The knowledge that it will make one wise. That's sufficient. But not the statement. You shall not eat of that fruit. The broad way requires nothing. One is allowed to bring along 
whatever baggage you want. You can get caught up in materialism, that's fine. You can have your prejudice, your hatred. You can have your unforgiving spirit. Not a problem if you're going the broad way. You're encouraged to believe whatever you want to believe. How many who claim to be followers of God will honestly wrestle where there's only few who are going to be saved? Find it hard to accept. So you're free to believe whatever you want to believe. And therefore, that's the way that is chosen by most people. No restrictions concerning the belief. No restrictions concerning behavior. We live in a world of that nature. It's always been there. It seems to be growing. We live in a society now that everything that at one time was pure and innocent is being challenged with having ungodly actions or thoughts that lie behind the innocent cartoons that one may have watched at one time or another. Because of our freedom. Our freedom to think what we want to think. But there is a narrow gate in contrast. It is a way that leads to life. But it is a gate that does require denial of self and obedience. Lest a man deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. Cannot be my disciple, Jesus said. This gate is narrow. It has no room for the consuming desire for the earthly goods. Back in chapter 6 of Matthew, verses 19 and 20. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Where is your treasure? What is the thing that you cherish? And it's hard to remind ourselves that all these earthly goods are one day going to be destroyed. We live in an interesting world where we take concepts that once were and then we multiply them out, if you will. Think about those who, when you were kids, 
the men when you were kids and rode bicycles. What did you do with those baseball cards? Use a clothespin and put them on the spokes so they make a noise when you rode. Then you find out the ones that you did that to were the valuable ones and the ones that you kept because you liked the player had no value. Then you multiply that out. Well, if those cards that you have when you were younger are, are of value, then I'll collect cards today for they'll be of value later on. And there are those who amass thousands upon thousands of cards. And as a result, they lose their value. But where is your treasure? What it is that you cherish? Where your heart is. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be. It has no room for an unforgiving spirit. Go back to verses 14 and 15, Matthew 6. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. There is no room for unforgiveness in the one who wants that eternal life with God. Again, there are only the two gates. One is broad and one is narrow, which only leads to the two ways, the broad way and that narrow way. Again, that broad way, no changes at all. But narrow, straight, the word straight there is difficult, hard. It's that way that leads to life. It requires a change. Lest a man deny himself, lest a man crucify himself. Unless a man take up that cross daily, cannot be my disciple. It's hard for us at times to live here, longing to be home, and yet not allow the things here to interfere with our life. But we're given that example of Jesus. Philippians 2, 5 through 11, leaving the glories of heaven, leaving equality with God, take on that form of a servant. And to spend some time reflecting on that, of how that must have been, to be totally human, but also to be divine, to know where he came from, to know why he was here, what he had to go through in order for him to return to his father. And for him to do that. He did not come to be served, but he came to serve. To be that servant. That's that restricted way. It changes what you do. It says you've got a goal. The world says it's got a goal. It's whatever you want. You can achieve whatever you want. You can go wherever you want to go. But a restricted way 
It's not the same. One is you've got to know where that narrow way is. And two, there has to be a desire of wanting to go down that narrow way. There are only few who will find it. Go back to the religious world again. That's the question they constantly ask. Well, how can you say only a few will enter in? How can God do that? We have no, no, no way of knowing what the population of the earth was in Genesis 6. But regardless of what it was, there was only a few, that is eight souls, that were saved. God has always had the few. That freedom of man that he's given to us, freedom of will, is an awesome thing to reflect on. I'm not forced to serve God. I'm not forced to live for him. But I have a destiny. There is an eternity. And I make those choices. And just to think that I would make a wrong choice. How many came up out of the land of Egypt? How many adults? The number has gone from a million to a million, however people want to speculate it, that, that came up out of the land of Egypt, the women and, and the children of, of, of age and so forth. But only two of those adults entered into the promised land. Only a few. And then we're reminded through other scriptures Every once in a while we may get that Elijah complex. I'm the only one or we're the only ones that are serving God. We're the only ones faithful to him. Come on and take us home. And the Lord had to remind Elijah, your math is off. You do not know how to count like God does. God told Elijah, I have 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Elijah, you're not the only one. But you are of the few. Only a few. And you hear the world today toot their freedom, demand their rights, demand their rights to speak and their right, <clears throat> and their right to restrict you from speaking. Because you're opposed to what they believe and what, the, what they practice. But a choice is made. There is an eternity. Those who want to simply live for the world really do not understand. It would be good for them to spend some time reading the book of Ecclesiastes. 
to see the foolishness of what they're saying. There's not a one of us that is independent of society around us. It's not a one of us that does not influence those that we come in contact with. Only a few will enter in. The reading talked about many will come. Many will want to enter. But he will say no. That door is closed. You think about what he was saying when he's talking to the Jews. All of you of this Jewish heritage are going to have the door closed to you of heaven. And all of those that are from the east, the west, the north, and the south, the Gentiles, they're going to be the ones that are going to be there with the patriarchs. Why? Because when they hear, they're going to change. And you, when you've heard, you did not change. And that separates the broad way from the narrow way. Strive to enter through that straight or that narrow way. It takes effort. You have to determine that's where you want to go. And it's because there are two destinations. Destruction in eternal life. No middle ground. No purgatory. No second guesses. No second chances. No modifications. The Hebrew writer said, It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, judgment. James reminds us that our life is a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. And I've said before, I don't know about you, but that is a frightening verse to read. Your life is a vapor that appears for a little while and then it vanishes away. In that vapor, however brief it is, in that vapor, you choose eternity. What choice are you making? You choose eternity in this brief time that you have. You have to decide with what you have. Well, I've only had more knowledge. If I could only have more time. No, you decide with what you have. Why a gospel has been given. It's why a great commission has been given. To give mankind that opportunity to say, you choose heaven or hell. And when you make your choice, you need to be careful. I can choose the Broadway because it's less painful at the present time. But the descriptions I read of hell says eternity is 
not less painful at all. Which way will you choose? Those of Jesus' day had to wrestle with that. Again, the multitude would choose the wrong way, would not change. But the few would. Again, that question is, it's not, will few be saved? The question is, will you, will you be saved? How will you answer that question? Again, God in his patience, forbearance, long-suffering, grants us time. For where and where we can learn and grow and understand and make a choice. But today, the scripture says, today is the day of salvation. Now is the time to respond. Because there is no promise. There is no guarantee of tomorrow. What choice are you making in your life today? Why keep Jesus waiting? Why do you keep him waiting? If you know that he is Jesus, that he is the Savior, that he died for your sins, why do you keep him waiting? Why will you not obey him as Savior? Repent of the sins that separate you from God. Confess him as the Lord and the Savior. Be buried in that watery grave of baptism to be raised to walk in newness of life. For as a child of God, but one who has begun to let the world creep back in, why do you keep Jesus waiting? If he's Lord, obey him. If he's Lord, do what he says. He invites, if you need to come home, he invites you to come back home. That invitation is extended. If you need to respond to it, if we could assist you, if we could help you, then indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.